0: Hello and welcome to In the Money Players Podcast. I am not your host, PTF. Uh, I've done a lot of these lately, so I've wasted all of my jokes that I make about where he's at. Yesterday, he was gallivanting around Scotland, drinking scotch, and how many do we think he drank? And uh, I don't know where he is now. He, he says he's coming back for opening day. I don't know what that means. Like he's flying in straight from Europe on opening on opening day, and then. Or is he going to come in Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know. What's he going to do? But uh, I heard he's not coming back
1: till Thursday. So, yeah, that's what I heard.
0: Could you imagine getting in off of of an international flight and going straight to Saratoga?
1: Well, you and I both know if anybody were to do it, it would be Pete. So there's no <laughs> surprise there.
0: <laughs> uh, for those who didn't see, uh, my co-host today, Nikki the Boss, or at least for half the show, we got uh, Blake Jesse. I think's going to join us for a uh, horseshoe indie, uh, a Midwest man in his own right. We'll get him, uh, get him involved there, and then. Um, Let's see who else, who else, who else drew Coatney's going to join us to talk a little bit of woodbine and uh boss. It's, it's around the corner. Saratoga is, is, a, is upon us. I've, I've got my shirt on, uh, three more race days, uh, at Belmont as we film this on Friday morning. And then, uh, the, the caravan heads North.
1: Very exciting. Yeah. Always a fun week. And since Naira installed these, uh, turf triple races, which I guess, I don't know if they're calling it that anymore. Um, it's always been a nice kind of send off to the Belmont meet and, and uh, so it's good. Saratoga on the horizon. I believe the first card gets drawn today. Um, if not today, then tomorrow. So I know both of them are drawn before racing ends at Belmont. And, um, and then we'll be ready for the 40 days that, uh, that that start next Thursday. Very exciting. And you're one of those crazies
0: that handicaps on draw day. You still do that?
1: Eh, life gets in the way sometimes. It was easier It's easier when I was a single man with fewer attachments. Now I wait until probably two nights before and I get a lot of death stares at the couch with my iPad in my hand. Like, what are you doing with that at night? You work during the day, too. So it's not, you know, it's not always the prettiest thing. But uh, with Saratoga, I will try and start handicapping on draw day. Yeah, because it's it's usually a two phase process for me. And I might as well at least try and do my first run through. Um, I'm not as much of a lunatic with it as somebody that we both know that has to handicap on draw day, and he's got to be done on draw day. And if he's not, then it's it's a huge problem.
0: Oh my god, there's nothing better, I'll be honest, and he'll tell you too. There's nothing better than seeing Andy during um, during a, a, a Saratoga card when he's waiting for his past performances for like four days later to be delivered, and they're not coming, and you're like, they why haven't come around like
1: this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, so well, actually, well, there was a Friday. One one thing that's funny, but then we can get to actual. No, bit. no, no, it's fine, it's fine. I, I think I think there was a Saturday card in the last couple of weeks that didn't come out till like five, and I texted him at five Eastern time, and I said, "Did I miss the overnight?" <laughs> 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 and I know he was on the other end just seething the whole time.
0: So yeah, yeah Well, you owe you owe Lafitte or Greg or 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 Tom Amos <laughs> or maybe even me an apology because I'm sure he flipped <laughs> out right when you said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, well, one thing I do want to say, cause I, I, have learned that in my, in my old age that, uh, I have a podcast network so I can say certain things I want to say without having to tweet them, but I can still get my message across a little bit guys. I don't care. I'm never playing again. Anyways regardless so i just want to say (laughs) i don't care i really don't care at all Uh, uh it's oh it's hilarious it you know it doesn't make any sense one one doesn't make any sense at all but i don't care i don't care at all at all I don't care. Yeah, you know, the no only thing me. I was gonna
1: say, yeah, I was gonna say about that. I was gonna thank you actually on Twitter and say at least when you you know when you cheated, you made it obvious that it was you and we didn't have to worry about figuring it out. But um so and the funniest thing about it is you post everybody's plays. So if you've if you've suggested there's collusion, it's undoubtedly going to be figured out. So <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's just funny to me, it took them this long to figure it out. Thankfully boss got a phone call which which pulled us up because you know who cares that was
1: going nowhere in a hurry
0: <laughs> who cares um let's talk uh, monmouth our friends at monmouth have a bunch of great contests i don't have it in front of me but it's not it's not an ad read here but i'll uh they got their uh they have a Travers Day contest. They've got a Haskell Day contest, and they have a Whitney Day contest. So make sure you check that out. As far as that is concerned, uh, the segment we've been doing the last couple of weeks is our best bets at Monmouth, and my best bet is in race nine. Um, it's a mile and a mile on the turf. The Jersey Girl handicap. I, I really like the six in here. The classy one. A horse. It kind of seems like they figured it out last time. And one of the, my favorite things with kind of two-year-olds, three-year-olds, and you see it in the summer, is these horses that were two-year-olds that showed some ability, ran some numbers that are competitive that what the three-year-olds are running now, then they come back off of that break They take that little step forward to suggest that number as a two-year-old was real, and now you can feel like there's another step possibly that you can get with that one. The classy one drawn inside of the main competition who's poorly drawn to the 12. I think this horse should be able to work out a nice little trip. Tactical situation as well with the classy one. Uh, Six to one on the morning line. That'll be my best bet at Monmouth.
1: Yeah, I really like that, Philly, and I like that pick a lot. She in a 65 buyer as a two-year-old uh, without Lasix against implicated in tax implications, so she doesn't have to run, really, in my opinion, any better than that to win. Mine's going to be in race 8-3, to three, commanding general for Silvino Ramirez, third off a claim. They took this one for a nickel back in June, and uh, he came right back and rewarded them with a big win at the $5,000 beaten level. Uh, in too tough last time out, chased a strong pace and ended up weakening late gets in light here with Jason Huayas on board, and I think he can be forwardly placed. I think he'll probably be the second choice, maybe drift up a little bit off that 7-2 to morning line, maybe not so much in the fixed odds market, but I'll try commanding general in race 8.
0: So those are our two best bets at Monmouth. You've got commanding general. I've got, of course, I can't remember the name now, the classy one. And I I think that, look, I, I think that one of the great parts about having these best bets is if you hear this today because of the the fixed odds market there might be an opportunity to try to lock in a price a little bit earlier than later uh, a nice little advantage uh on to up north a little bit uh not all the way up here north but halfway there uh maybe not halfway how far is belmont from Probably like Mondo? a quarter quarter of the way maybe. Quarter of the way here depending on traffic right yeah Well, we got a nice we got we got a bunch of stakes. There is a pick six carryover today on Friday. There's always that hope that uh, you could you could reach for a a double carryover into a Saturday. Um, We'll see. I I didn't look at the the card today on Friday. Boss, is it a is it a pick six carryover looking card or is it a uh, hittable situation?
1: Um, I mean, I would say it's probably 80 percent to get hit, 80 to 90 percent to get hit just because there's going to be a lot of money in the pool. Um, there's a lot of money in the pool to start I and mean, they put 180000 into it on, uh, on Tuesday, on July 4th, so very exciting to get that started but the manila is the feature it's a very competitive race where a major dude will square off with nagarok and uh, talk of the nation and there's an allowance race uh or sorry there's a maiden race a couple of races before it where i like headline news on the rail that looks like a really deep and competitive race the last is very tough and a lot of people are just going to default to chad brown but not really in one of chad's stronger categories dropping maiden special weight horses down to maiden claimers so my analysis at moneypodcast.com. it's a good card and uh, good luck if you're getting involved in that pick six
0: all right well let's get to saturday the pick six starts wow this feels like a big stakes day pick six starts in race seven that means you got a lot of races going it's an optional claimer six and a half on the
1: dirt boss how are you getting started here yeah good competitive race to get it started especially if you feel like you can try somebody other than vittorio um Vittorio ran a winning race last time out. It's a little tricky because I don't think that the inside was bad that day, but Colonel Bowman did make his entire run on the inside, and he ended up besting Vittorio by a nose. Um, it was a super slow paced race. The blinkers are going on Vittorio now. I'm thinking that Mach just wants to keep him a little bit more involved early, and the difference, Jonathan, is that. There's just not really much in this field. Majority partner is kind of the only other one that you could really take a look at. And he had no excuse last time out when Vittorio beat him very handily. Linda Rice's other horse, Dots Dollar, is gonna get a little bit of support. But I mean, honestly, I thought morning line wise seven to five on Vittorio was probably high. I think he dips below even money. And I think he's he's gonna help a lot of people start this off with a with a single. I think Bill Motts really found distance wise where he caps out, which is about six six to seven, six and a half, seven eight for our lungs at most.
0: Race 8, the mile and a quarter, grade 1, Belmont Oaks. Uh, There's a horse I've been chasing for a while. I talked to Duke Matisse about it a little bit yesterday during Horse Player Happy Hour. Be Your Best, who was hands down the best two-year-old turf filly at Saratoga that we saw. Shakira was was in the mix, but Be Your Best obviously had the most accomplishments. But she just hasn't really found that form. And, And she's had some excuses, so... I'm inclined to kind of continue to give her another shot. Maybe she's always one of the 10 furlongs. Maybe she hasn't. I just I, I know she's shown some talent and I want to make sure I have her on some tickets.
1: Yeah, uh, you'd like to think that her Wonder Again performance was sort of a signal that she's ready for a good three-year-old season. It was a solid effort. Prerequisites set a very strong pace. Tactics that I don't know if we altogether expected, because Spansive was in there for Todd Pletcher, who looked like the speed on paper, and Flavian Pratt really took the air out of them with those, uh, you know, the enterprising tactics on the front ends terms of time from us when she set a very strong pace and stayed on with it um now you're in a situation where the rail is going to be taken down on the inner turf course and i do think that horses who save ground are going to have a big advantage um because the rail will go from 27 today to zero tomorrow and you know that's a rail that made a grade one turf winner out of classic causeway and uh and, and the the greatest horrible thing to ever happen to a horse um it's just them thinking that he was now a grade one turf horse but you know with all that said i do think that it was encouraging to see be your best run better in her second start at three because she really didn't run well at Keeneland. You know, maybe the time away, I think Horacio De Paz does a tremendous job. So I don't blame you. She's going to be the right kind of price. I'm going to pick a price horse here, and I might be totally foolish for doing so. But I thought strikingly Spun ran well against older horses last time out. And I think speed figure wise might really be coming into her own. She benefited from circumstance in the two prior turf starts. But I thought she ran well, kind of a little bit against the, the flow of the race last time out. And we know she can handle the distance. And the distance is the X factor for a lot of these horses, including the best domestic horses like Mission of Joy. Now, pedigree-wise and, and in terms of how she's performed, Mission of Joy should have no problem with a mile and a quarter. She'd probably have no problem with a mile and a half. But um, I thought Striking least Spun might be an interesting alternative at a decent price. Mission of Joy, to me, is very much the horse to beat. I don't really love either of the Chad pair. I don't think prerequisite is going to wire this field. And, um, and and I'm not a big a spray fan. So I, I think that kind of opens you up to some alternatives. That's why I wanted to try Striking Lee Spun. I
0: do want to mention, and I said it yesterday on Horseplayer Happy Hour's way uh, as well, um, Craig Burnick reached out just talking about riders in New York because he was planning to bring the number nine Aspen Grove over. I, you know, I struggle looking at that form from time to time. I looked at Timeform U.S. doesn't have a big Timeform U.S. number, uh, but, but Craig was high on the horse's chances in, the, in, in bringing this horse over here um, in this grade one to have an opportunity. So if you're spreading in here, Uh, I wouldn't leave off a horse like the number nine Aspen Grove. You know, don't use the horse just because I said that. But if you're spreading in here, I wouldn't get beat by that one. Race nine, seven furlongs on the turf. Boss, we're halfway or almost halfway through here. What are we going to do in this tricky seven furlong turf sprint?
1: Yeah, this is a tricky race. I mean, it really boils down to how you feel about a praise um, because he's a horse that, you know, if you think he's going to move forward now as a three-year-old, then you're going to want to use him in addition to Inflation Nation But um, if you're not certain of it, then you're going to probably go deep because there's a lot of alternatives. It's seven furlongs, which is a little bit of a uh, provides a little bit of middle ground for everybody in here that maybe the sprinters that can't quite stay. That's seven eights and some of the routers that really benefit from additional ground. I thought so, Sue, summer ran well last time out. He got beaten by a stable mate who got an even better trip than him. Um, he got a good trip along the inside. The inside was obviously a, a bit better than normal when they took the rail down Belmont week. It wasn't a huge situation like it's been in the past. Um, you know one of the horses that I want to try to squeeze in there I don't know if I have the gumption quite to pick him on top but Elusive Edge really ran the best race last time up behind Sosua Summer and Bold Journey getting involved in that pace staying on gamely that was his second straight improved effort for Michelle Hemingway and this is a barn that we've seen have some success in New York over the last few years despite really being somewhat unheralded I think you're gonna get a decent price on this horse and I do think that Johnny will take him back and let the the race develop a little bit look to make you know one of the later runs if possible or if nobody's really showing speed he can be forwardly placed and i don't think that's a problem at all here so i'm going to pick elusive edge i would say in terms of a pick six i'd use every bit of the two seven eight and eleven
0: race 10 the uh male version of the oaks the grade one uh, belmont derby uh, a mile and a quarter i i I was very fortunate that i was in italy on june 3rd when silver knot ran because i loved silver knot in the breeders cup juvenile turf and if i would have seen this horse running uh at belmont i would have been very very tied in and felt inclined to get involved and uh he got beat so i'm glad that i was in italy and not paying attention i don't know what was i doing i guess i must have been sleeping at that time no i don't know who knows i wasn't awake or i wasn't paying attention i was at i don't know eating food somewhere and, uh, but uh, Silvernaught is still a, an interesting horse. They, they stick around. This horse obviously had a bunch of talent as a two-year-old. Um, I thought it uh, could have been considered best on the day when they lost the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. I'm going to have to have him on tickets. And then it looks like redistricting redistricting might just be a freak.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you probably would have been able to withstand the lost money on Silver Knot because your pockets would have been stuffed from a steamed up first or like redistricting. Right. I mean, and he got that like there was no tomorrow. I mean, there was that was one where, uh, you know, even Andy tried to say on the show that he didn't know anything about this horse. And apparently he didn't. Um, and, and the horse just got pummeled in the wagering from start to finish. And, and I mean, never gave them a chance when he unleashed his move around the far turn. He put four lengths on those horses in virtually no time. Worth noting, if you're listening to this, uh, whenever you're listening to this, that Flyright, who was second in there, will run back in one of the maiden races on Friday afternoon. So it'll give you a little bit of a window into you know maybe how good that redistricting race was. I don't usually take those kind of things all that seriously because redistricting buried those horses. So Flywright comes back and runs third today. It's like, okay, well, he was ordinary against redistricting, too. So it's not like you're supposed to expect him to – he's not going to get better because he chased redistricting. Um, the Foxes is the horse to beat here. This is a horse with real European form, um, you know, a fifth-place finish behind August Rodin and, and King of Steel. August Rodin, of course, came back and won the Irish Derby, and uh, King of Steel came back and won the King Edward at uh, – at Royal Ascot. So, I mean, this horse has been running against real horses. He probably, from what has been reported, the condition, the uh, uh, trainer believes that he probably wants to go a little shorter than a mile and a half. And I think they're seeking firm ground. So they're going to get that. They're going to get a mile and a quarter on a firm turf course. The biggest obstacle for uh, O'Sheen Murphy is going to be getting him over towards the rail and uh, not risking losing too much ground being outside. We've seen some European imports get a little runoff type if they're uncovered in this race, but he's clearly the horse to beat. You know, of the of the Penine Ridge alums, I guess I'm most inclined to take Far Bridge, who kind of ran in spots last time out. And, and I was talking about this on a on a Twinspires video preview yesterday, and and I've won zero races in my career as a trainer. Christoph clement and Todd Pletcher have probably won somewhere around seven thousand. I have no idea why this horse has not been given blinkers. He just runs like a horse who desperately needs blinkers. He he also is a rail rat, and and you know people might not have they may not use that term or have heard it. He's a horse who needs to be a, along the inside. He seems to only be comfortable along the inside, and he really started running last time out when Rosario got him back to the rail. So Jose Ortiz was on for a win for. Chris stuff and he gets back on i mean maybe he's going to continue to get better with Todd. He's obviously a horse with a great deal of talent. And um, and so I'm I'm looking for him to probably be best of that American contingent. And and without filibustering you for too long, I know it might seem crazy, but I'm going to have Wizard of Westwood on some tickets here. I really respect the job that Michael McCarthy does. And I know West Coast turf form often just gets totally overlooked. This horse has a win at a mile and a quarter. He's the clear speed and nobody gets into more lone E situations that surprise you than John Velasquez. So I'm not going to allow this horse wiring the field to beat me we've seen a wire job obviously in this race recently that came as a big surprise
0: i completely agree about that race 11 the victory ride this is actually a pretty fun race um some interesting interesting horses that have, have you know shown up throughout uh, the spring uh, interpolate who was unlucky i thought to lose the beaumont um red carpet ready uh, another talented racehorse um where, where were you going to go in here boss
1: yeah, I'm going to pick Interpolate, but I think Red Carpet Ready is clearly the horse to beat. I know that Maple Leaf Mel is in here, but, um, you know... I don't know how much maple leaf mel i don't know how much mel melanie giddings has been involved in maple leaf mel's conditioning prior um, she's obviously a new trainer this horse is named after her it's not often that you see a horse go four for four for a trainer and then move to someone else i guess it happens only when they're named for the person whose barn they end up in so it kind of surprised me when i saw that she was the trainer of record she's obviously been training this philly for about a month up in saratoga and um, and look she's very good there's no doubt about it i mean she's been very impressive right from the beginning of her career this is her biggest challenge today Eight. and really the biggest problem jonathan as you can see on paper is there's a ton of speed in here i mean i don't see how she gets clear of dazzling blue um or even potentially a horse like downtown mischief who you know isn't really going to be right on top of the pace but the other thing you and i know is Sia's is not letting them get too far away either so he's going to keep red carpet ready in a good spot i think red carpet ready again is the horse to beat i think interpolate might get the best setup uh, i'm going to try and create value in the multi-race place here and just use those two and and hope to beat maple leaf mill
0: Race 12, six furlongs on the turf, maiden claimers, how we like to end it in Nairo with these tough races where you're always, it always seems to be a guess,
1: uh, boss, how are we getting paid here? Well, and the problem here is that there's just very little turf form, um, very little turf form of consequence. I guess the one screw loose is probably the horse to be dropping in for a tag, second time for Mark Hennig, did chase a hot pace last time out and tired, kind of only has one way to go from the rail, which is encouraging. The pedigrees, I mean, there isn't much to speak of. The five Kern river is by midshipman. He's an okay turf sire. The dam was a two-time winner on the turf. She's dropped two to try the turf. Neither of them won. Uh, the nine has one sibling who's a winner on turf good magic progeny or good first out not so much on turf the 10 left him behind is dropping in for a tag for the first time probably needs it if not more uh the the pedigree belongs to the 12 and a boston strong mama for george weaver who he owns owns and bred and trains and george has been on a tear with first-time starters albeit mostly two-year-olds um he's been doing very very well this one is a is a half to multiple turf winner vinditude who george trained the uh, the dam he trained as well she was a three-time turf winner and i wish is good first time out 14 with uh, with first time starters eight percent first time turf i don't love the outside post and and i don't love that we don't get a window really into this race and making our multi-race plays because it goes as the last but I, I feel like boston strong mama is probably a horse that you can trust to a great extent to run at least a respectable race on debut
0: and i will say this if i'm not mistaken uh, yeah i just wanted to double check you you pointed out bred by George, owned by George, trained by George. Uh, Boston Strong Mama, if you followed the the what was going on at Royal Ascot and, and George's wife, Cindy, who had the accident last summer at Saratoga, uh, she was spending a majority of her recovery time in Boston. So I, I'm pretty certain that this horse is named after his wife, Boston Strong Mama. So, uh, and look, and the other thing, too, is like George – he's he because he owns the horse he can place the horse where he wants to place the horse someone else owns this horse you know you got to run the horse for a tag or i mean run the horse made in special way he can show up where he thinks the horse needs to run uh if you're looking for a little bit of a sentimental play uh make sure you include the 12 boston strong mama boss man this is a fun little tradition uh, it's, it's probably going to stop now that saratoga's upon us and our fearless leader will be back but I've, I've had a good time and and i can't wait to get you up here and hang out a little bit
1: no, it's been great. Looking forward to it. Good luck, and I'll see you soon.
2: Blake, what's going on, my man? How you doing, Jonathan? Good to be on here today and talk to some Horseshoe Indianapolis Racing.
0: I haven't seen you in a while. I figured if we're going to go to the Midwest, why not go to the king of the Midwest? The king of, uh, of uh, of you know, of the, the middle of this, of this wonderful country's racing, my man Blake Jesse. Blake, we got a, a nice little pick five with a bunch of stakes ending in the Indiana Derby. We're going to get started in race eight. Where are we going here?
2: Yeah, race eight. It's a fun race. The Schaefer Memorial. Um, you know, Jonathan, there's a lot of parody in here on paper. Um, horses like Trademark, Creative Minister. Um, you know, the favorite, in my opinion, is probably going to be Promise Keeper, the eight for Dallas Stewart. Uh, nothing wrong if you want to go that direction. I'll definitely have them on my line. But uh, the horse I'm most interested in here is Keystone Field, the one horse for Mike Maker. Has been drawn outside in its last four starts, and he's really a horse that likes to get a stalking trip in behind those leaders and get covered up. And he's really not had that opportunity in the last four starts, and it feels like he's going to get a cozy trip inside the speed uh, setting right behind it here. So six to one on the morning line. Uh, keystone field is my top selection as far as the unders uh behind that one i'll be using the five trademark uh the six creative minister and the uh the eight uh, promise keeper so uh, a fun race on paper but uh, i'm going to try to get some value uh, injected here in leg one using the one
0: you know there's one horse i will mention the three mask parade who, who i mean if i'm not mistaken i think i picked this horse to win the travers or did I maybe, maybe not the Travers. No, central quality. Won the turf. I picked him to win the Jim Dandy. Uh, I thought that he was going to, you know, he could maybe catch a central quality going a little bit shorter at the mile and an eight. He showed a bunch of talent as a three-year-old, but he hasn't really kind of brought it all together. I will say this his last two races. If you watch those two races, they're not ideal trips. So just maybe, just maybe if he can get a clean trip in here, he can get himself involved in the number should be a big price. Race number nine, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. What are we going to do here, Blake?
2: yeah like i said a lot of parity in these races at uh horseshoe this night uh you know the schuster you know there's not a lot of speed in this race jonathan the two strong tide who you know generally does like to go forward is coming out of a two mile race a mile and three eighths race a mile and a half i do not think he's going to have enough uh, early speed to catch the front in here Uh, I've got gallant guy as the pace setter here. Not uh, the type that I think is good enough to uh, get the job done, but something to uh think about as far as the pace scenario here uh you know the eight ver strapping is the one that looks like uh, the best uh you know horse on paper in here uh i do like that uh you know he's going to get to kind of run out of his home box he's based at uh Turfway and uh the, that last start was in the grade one man of war so we're getting you know some huge class relief here so the eight verstrappen strapping goes on top Um, as far as the others I'm going to be using underneath is, uh, the three, me and Mr. C he's one that's really not going to find himself too far off the pace. Uh, should get a good trip in here. And then the others that I like, um, I'm going to talk about the nine McLovin. Uh, this is a horse that was just really getting warmed up, uh, last season. Uh, you know, went on the shelf, come back here. So, you know, if he's good to go, uh, you know, the price is going to be right. And then the 11 is uh gentle soul. That'd be the other one I'd use. Um, you know, but I'm, I really like for here. I think he's got a, um, you know, a real good shot of, uh, getting the best trip in here. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know the best horse on paper doesn't really get the the best trip in the race but i feel like uh this is a scenario where we uh you know have a good shot of that happening
0: race 10 we're going to stick around on the turf mile and 16th the indiana general assembly distaff blake uh, who kind of caught your eye in here
2: Yeah, I'm on Princess Theorem here. Um, You know, this one's had, uh, you know, three tough uh, post positions. uh, And, you know, Jonathan, in turf racing, I feel like uh, there's more parity in these races. It seems like uh, you get a lot of closer finishes. And a lot of that's just going to be trip, uh, you know, post and, you know, just race uh, dynamics. So uh, Princess Theorem to me is one that, you know, we may be able to get some value on eight to one morning line and uh really figures to get a good trip in here so i'm going to use that one on top the other two that make the most sense to me is the eight henrietta topham um you know has done nothing wrong for jeff mole and you know the other horse that uh, you're really gonna have to use i think is the 10 sweet danny girl the pace of the race um has a little trouble closing it out but there's not much pace in here so uh, you're probably gonna have to give her a long look
0: uh, one that I wanted to mention is the five Hail 2. Uh, Hail 2 is significant for a couple of reasons. One, um, if you look at Hail two's past performances, that's that maiden win, first out or second time out at Saratoga, uh, Hail 2 beat Kinchin. So I've always been a little bit mad at Hail 2 for that. Uh, also, another interesting angle here I don't want to get too crazy with this angle, but Tom Albertroni used to train Wolfie's Dynaghost. Wolfie's Dynaghost moved to Jonathan Thomas started winning a lot of races for JT. Now this horse who is uh, a half to Wolfie's Dyna Ghost moves to Jonathan Thomas again. So, uh, you know, maybe Jonathan understands something about the family to kind of get this horse going the right direction. Should be a huge price. I'm not saying the horse is going to win. Simply saying at a big number, a horse you might want to keep underneath or maybe
2: as a Whoa. C-type. In your and Jonathan, course. just to add to that, uh, Jonathan Thomas is hitting at forty four percent at the meat right now. I mean, I, I don't think he's ever had a better meat in his life than he's having right here at Hortfield. And look, he, he 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 he.
0: It's funny about Jonathan Thomas is, in my opinion, he has like those those uh, he, he has those grade three, grade two, grade one type animals in his barn. But he doesn't always try to jam them into those grade one, grade two, grade three no, spots. No, he
2: doesn't. He's He'll very put selective. Them
0: where they can win. And uh, yeah. I, I think that that's important. Race 11, mile and a 16th on the dirt. The Indiana Oaks, taxed, shows up in here as the uh, black eyed Susan winner. Blake, what are we going to do here?
2: Yeah, Jonathan, tax looks good enough to eat on paper in here. I'm not going to waste any time or money anywhere else. I, I all I can hope is that defining purpose takes a lot of money in here for Kenny peak She is the 8 to 5 morning line favorite. Um however, I'm going to have all my money and hopes and dreams tied to tax. This
0: is one of my favorite moves too and and we we've, we've talked about it on the show. I know you probably feel similar. When you have a race where 80% of the world or 80% of the people that are playing are going to use two of the the big time favorites. If it looks like a two horse race and most people are going to use defining purpose and taxed on their pick five, and then they're going to move on. If you can narrow it to one of them and then repeat your ticket and have a $2 instead of a $1 or a $1 instead of a 50 cents, it is such a huge edge from an equity standpoint. While everyone else is going to get paid $487 $487 for their pick five that they hit for 50 cents. If you were able to take that stand and just double your ticket to come to the same amount, if you would have used two, now you're sitting at, you know, 900 and change. So uh, it's a move that I, I love when there's two horses on paper. If you can narrow it to one of them, you can really pick up some equity.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. To wrap it up uh, the, the, the race that this race card was built around uh, race 12, the Indiana Derby, Grade three, what are we going to do here?
2: Yeah, Jonathan, just uh you know, give the uh, listeners a little bit of uh, factoid here. You know, there's been three horses run in the Indiana Derby and go on to win Breeders' Cup races, okay? Uh, orientate, the uh, inaugural Indiana Derby winner. Uh, Thor's Echo, who ran in the Indiana Derby and won the sprint. And then Caleb's Posse, who ran – I believe second or third in the Indiana Derby and then won the mile. So it has some history to this race. It is a fun race. Um, you know, all three of those horses did run at the other track where the Derby was run at Hoosier park, but, uh, who knows, maybe we'll have a breeders cup uh, horse in here at any rate. Um, it's really hard to get by the five verifying. Um, you know, his, his figures just stand out. Uh, they're just better than these. He should get a pace edge on these. Uh, just everything points to verifying Um, as far as some ones underneath to uh, you know think about the two raised cane um, you know if things get wild up front I could see a a scenario where he could uh, get it done Uh, the other one that's kind of you know trying stakes company um, you know this uh, class level is uh, Cagliostro um you know for sure to vote this one takes one step forward it could be there so i'll, I'll use five two eight but I, listen the five looks like this you know has them over a barrel here so uh, i'm not going to be wasting too much money uh, other than on the five
0: yeah i mean a lot of times we talk about the kind of that derby hangover effect where you have a horse that uh, runs in the kentucky derby and it doesn't do much running, but gets himself into the race, runs in the Derby, and everyone just wants to always bet the horse out of that because it's just that name recognition that comes along. The verifying feels different to me than that uh, for a couple of reasons. One is he's he's always been competitive. I mean, he was, he was very competitive in the bluegrass uh, against a horse like Tapit Trice. I mean, I bet this horse in the Derby. I used the horse in the Derby. It wasn't like he was just a Derby also ran. The pace was extremely fast in the Derby. I think we've kind of figured that out a little bit, how Angel of Empire came back and ran, how Mage came back and ran after closing in to that kind of meltdown pace in the Derby. And then Verifying comes back and runs well again in the Matt Win. I mean, he just feels like a real horse. And in fact, he feels like the type of horse and this is no offense to our friends at Horseshoe Indy, but we're talking about a grade three versus a grade one. He feels like the type of horse that if he pointed to a race like the Haskell, he'd be five to one on Haskell day. And now he's going to be an even money favorite or lower here in the Indiana Derby against a bunch of horses that don't seem like they're quite at his level. I'm with you. I think verifying is going to be extremely tough to beat.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well put. Well, Blake.
0: It's been great to see. you. I haven't seen you in a while. Hopefully I'll see you soon. You got to get up here to Saratoga and hang out a little bit, but uh, I know you'll be attacking the windows this weekend on uh, horseshoe Indy for their big weekend. Indiana Derby is the 12th race, six 40 post time and the pick five. We just talked about starts at. four I'm not saying that? anything you're saying. It's that you're saying something. <laughs>
2: All right, Blake, I'll see you soon. All right, best of luck, everybody. Take care.
0: It's Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge champion, but better known as the King of Toronto, Drew Cotney. What's going on, Drew?
3: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The weather finally broke up here in Michigan. It was like Texas hot. Uh, I remember when I used to live down there, it was like rainy when it was so hot outside. You just wouldn't go outside. So now it's back to 70s, cool, and low humidity. So I'm ready to to get out and bet some horses this weekend out on the boat and uh, enjoy some cold beverages
0: well it's it's warm up here in saratoga so uh the 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 summer is upon us let's go ahead and hop into this we're going to do a couple of bonus races uh we're going to talk a couple of stakes at woodbine then we're also going to hit the late pick four we're going to get started in a race three the lake Huron. drew what are we going to do here
3: yeah i think this is a race shape type of event that you got to look and say where's everyone going to be placed in the race and uh uh, Puyin and O.T. Uh, is going off a of nine to five on the morning line. I think it's going to have a really tough trip and get a ton of pace pressure being drawn down on the inside with outside pace pressure. So there's only one way to go. I don't think you can take back on a horse like this in a short event. So I'm going with an outside horse. Uh, number five, Patches Ohuahan, um, has really come out firing in the 2023 campaign. And pops some massive, massive time form U.S. figures in those last two, uh, I think, N3L, N2L type events here. And I think just fits on paper and could upset the apple cart uh, uh, at two to one, maybe even higher, because this one, Patches O'Houlihan's been, been destroyed by some of these others in here on the two-year-old campaign trail. So I'm kind of a cold single number five, Patches O'Houlihan. If you can get two to one, five to two, that, that ain't bad value.
0: Race six, the Georgian Bay, Uh, five furlongs on the turf. What are we going to do here, Drew?
3: Yeah, way too many chances. I'm just going to give you one idea, and it's quite the opposite of the lake here. There's no speed in here, but I like the number seven uh, flower and berries at 12 to 1 on the morning line. Last night went a bit too far maybe and didn't really make an impact with a bit of a troubled trip. Um, will be twice the price of what probably is going to be the co-favorite number nine foolish game who's at four to one who finished third in that race and today i just want to see a bit more pressing of a trip and get some clear racing uh, and i think could pop at a pretty big number here so the number seven flower and berries double digits can't go wrong a little early stakes action
0: at woodbine now we're going to hop into this late pick four starts in race eight 5.03
3: p.m. Uh, Pretty big field here on the turf. Drew, what do you got here? Yeah, it's a huge one. I'm going with a bomb on top of the number three, Mitzi, 15 to 1. Last two starts of the 2023 campaign. But we'll excuse some of that. I mean, last effort this horse... Uh, can run better. Looking back at the PPs, uh, two back tried sprinting and was left with way much to do late. They could press this pace and uh, should set up pretty nicely uh, for what looks like on paper figure wise. There's no standout. Um, two others that I'll be using: the number six uh, uh, Gaia, Gaia let at four to one. Um, last out closing the neutral fractions and almost got up. So maybe today it gets a little bit better of a pace setup. And the number seven Lady Brew three to one consistent runner jumping back on the turf four-year-old upside nothing too clever there so three six and seven for me in this wide open event
0: race nine six and a half on the all weather Uh, i've always felt like synthetic extended sprints like six and a half seven on the synthetic always set up well for closers Uh, i don't know how you see it race nine uh what do you think here drew
3: i'm going with another price the number five jilly marie at six to one an old favorite of woodbine Um, almost got the job last on last time with some neutral fractions and today should get a pace to run into uh set up kind of outside pps are a bit muddy in the last three starts but this could be a dream trip in the right level for this horse and having a leading trainer doesn't hurt the chances of this one so i'm going cold single the number five jilly marie race 10 a mile and a 16th all weather you look through here and you see some
0: of these horses recent form and you can kind of make some cases for lots of them including when you look at the five ensemble you think oh the last couple races haven't been great however ensemble is pretty pretty darn good on the synthetic if you look four races back that synthetic race was huge if ensemble runs that race it feels like the rest of them are running for second
3: yeah, and that's where I'm going. I have no idea why the number one, Ephrata, is the favorite. Maybe just a namesake type of horse running around Woodbine, but lesser numbers. Hasn't really been running against the company that you just mentioned with the number five Ensemble. Um, it might be a tad too short, but I'm willing to bet on that with the class of this horse and really popping off on the Gulfstream Park all-weather, going going longer, but I mean, anything close to that effort, I think, towers over this field. And then one other backup I'm going to use is the number four Streg at 6-1. to one. Um, I think this is the only upside horse left here, right? When we look at four-year-olds coming off their layoffs, you typically expect them to grow uh, just like you would with a college athlete going into the NFL, kind of that 20-ish range into the 23-year-olds, right? Becoming more of a man, more strong, more dedicated. So I think the number four Strega could really prove that. uh, Kevin Natard, the trainer, is really good with these type of layoffs, firing at 28%. So I'm going to use the five and a backup of the four. I wouldn't be surprised if the four gets into the frame at a good price for you.
0: I always tease our friends at Naira for ending their uh, multi-race sequences with maiden claiming races on the turf where it's just some of the hardest races to handicap. Drew, what are you going to do here in race 11? I, I, I never know what to do in these races. It feels like I'm always using seven to eight horses.
3: You know, it, and, I, and I think I might play this pick four sequence because I have a cold single in here and that's somewhat rare, although it's not a long price. I'm going with the number three CR hotshot at four to one. Um, I think this one just fits the bill. Second star with the Lasix has tactical speed last out, did a speed and fade after 10 the hot pace. And today there's not much pace and should be able to continue to climb the time form U.S., FIG's ladder uh, has run 64, 68, 75 off the layoff. And today, I mean, let's just project up to 80 and this one gets the job done. Again, in these wide open events, just being near the pace is a big enough advantage, uh, let alone the, the, the actual figure advantage this one has as well. Look, I mean,
0: there's, there's a lot of names that you can have, right? And uh, some are cooler than others. Breeders' Cup betting challenge champion. I mean, it's cool. I mean, you know, I think runner up sounds good as well. Uh, but the king of Toronto, you, you you can't, I mean, who you can't beat that. Everyone thought it was Drake, but it's not. It's Drew Coney. Drew, I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, never did. I think uh, my name and uh, Drake would be going in together. But hey, here we are. Lean and mean. We had the boss talking Monmouth, Naira.
0: We had Blake, Jesse on to talk horseshoe indie for their big day. Yeah, the uh, Indiana Derby, excited to see verifying what he does there. And then we had the King of Toronto, Drew Coatney, to talk a little bit about Woodbine. It's upon us. Saratoga's around the corner. We're really looking forward to it. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, Pete should be back. I mean, unless he stays over there. If he stays over there, I mean, I, this is, I mean, I'm going to be kind of busy next week. So I don't, I don't know how we're going to do this, bud. I think, I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back. We'll see. Uh, what if he comes back with an accent? I hope he comes back with an accent. If he comes back with an accent, we're going to all make fun of him uh, very much so. Um, uh, I want to thank everyone uh, for tuning in. I want to thank uh, everyone at In The Money Media, Drew Coatney, Pete. uh, He always thanks me. I'm not going to thank myself. That would be weird. Um, Thank you, the listeners, for subscribing, for retweeting, for sharing, for commenting. We appreciate your support, and uh, we're really looking forward to continuing this wonderful summer. May you win all your photos.